All right, I'm excited to be in the Word of God with you and being at prayer week with you guys tonight. <clears throat> Students, it's critical that we also come out to the Identity Conference. I'm really grateful that we're going to be equipped and uh, ministered to by Dr. Yuhan. If you would, please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 14. We're going to go through verses 32 through 42. I'm going to teach for a little while, and then I'm going to dismiss you guys to pray in this room all around and to pray in the commons and walk around as you need. And then I'll give you an exact time that I'm going to usher you guys to come back in to worship one last time and then pray together as the body of Christ. So let's read in Mark. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. So why does Jesus, the Son of God, share his heavy heart? It's because God did not create you and he did not create me to be lone rangers in life, doing life on our own and in isolation. But no, you and I, he designed us for community. And in that, Paul would later write in Galatians, that we are called, in fact, we together are called to carry each other's burdens. But Jesus communicated his burdens, the Son of God himself. So what do we learn from that is I see that how can I expect or how can you expect, how can we expect someone to help carry our burden unless we communicate our burden? You see, we can't read minds, and neither could the disciples, so therefore Jesus communicated. He said, I'm overwhelmed, and I need you to come with me, to stay with me, and to pray with me. See, how can we get help? How can we get prayer if we don't have the faith to come down and write it and place it in the bucket to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ? But you do have that faith. That's why you're here. That's why these bowls are filled. How can you get prayer if you don't come down at the end of service and get prayer from the prayer counselors? How can we pray for each other if we come in after worship has already started and we leave without going to any of the connection points or simply trying to meet someone before this time is over? But I believe you are here and you are do these things because you have faith. You're already doing what Jesus modeled for you. Jesus, he explains the strong language that I'm overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And I think that if you take stock of your life, you can all pinpoint hard and difficult, challenging and a scary moment in your life where you might be able to say the same thing, feeling like my soul is drowning or my body is on fire from the inside out. I mean, Jesus, what does this mean? I'm reminded of hard times and my own life and scary times in my own life when we brought my son to the ER, his abdomen at the age of two was firm and hard and distended and he was vomiting and we, we took him to health first and they immediately sent us to Nemours ER in Orlando for some potential emergent surgery. It's in these moments where your soul can feel overwhelmed and being told while on a mission trip to Peru with my students, getting a call from my wife saying the last ultrasound looks like our son in the womb is going to have spina bifida, meaning his spinal, spinal cord would be protruding out of his lower back. Or that my son Judah, when growing and developing in the womb all the way to nine months of pregnancy, would only develop to the height and weight of 4% of where he should be. These moments, I know you're thinking of these moments yourself. I have two young children, and as a parent, you can probably relate to some of these items, but these are scary times and hard times. Or the time when my wife and I, we felt movement in the womb. We had a confirmed pregnancy. We could feel that baby. We saw its heartbeat. We heard its heartbeat. And then something went wrong. She couldn't feel that baby moving anymore. And I prayed over her. 
And when we went into the hospital again, there was no more heartbeat, no more movement. Jesus said, I'm overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What do you mean, Jesus, when you say your soul? The soul in the scriptures mean the person, our emotions, our thoughts. It's one's being. When he says overwhelmed, it means that there's a threshold of suffering I believe we have. And when our soul is overwhelmed, it means that that threshold for suffering has now been passed. When he says sorrow, he's saying I have this deep sense of grief, sadness, and emotional pain. And he said, to the point of death, it's so heavy, it's so extreme, it feels life-threatening. Jesus, he's about to bear the weight of humanity, sins on the cross. And for the first time since the beginning of time, since before time itself, he's going to be separated from his father. See, you and I, I think when we think about the road to Calvary and we think about the crucifixion, Men were blessed by the physical pain of what Jesus went through for us to take on our sins, the sins of, that I've committed and that you've committed. But we have to understand he's literally feeling the weight of the sins of the entire world. And with that, his soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. It's been said that this separation from God, even though temporary, to bear this burden is considered one of the most profound aspects of his sacrifice. For you and I, we can face hardships that look like job insecurity, fear from these wild global events going on in the world, mental health struggles for us or our family, social and political tensions, family conflicts, relationship strains, parenting challenges, health issues, loss or grief. I lost my papa over Christmas break this year. You've suffered loss. We're all going at some point or another to experience loss or grief. There's financial struggles. There's isolation. There's loneliness. There's a nonprofit that's been putting out these really interesting, really fascinating commercials during the Super Bowl and other ads in critical times. And they're attempting to reintroduce people to Jesus of the Bible. And they'll put up some relevant things, some relevant struggles And then it will share a passage, and it concludes with just uh, a black screen with yellow letters that simply say this. He gets us. And when I read about Jesus going to the disciples, saying, my soul, I might be the son of God. I know how the story ends, but even me, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death in my soul. It's in that moment where I'm like, yeah, he does get us. Jesus, he was tempted in every way. He was just a a man just like we are. So he absolutely and certainly gets us. He has mercy for you. He has compassion for me when we're going through hard times and we're not alone. Verse 35 says, Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. You see, Jesus, he started right, he started correct, but he continues correct in that he didn't just get prayer from his disciples, but he continues to go to the great helper, the great I am, he goes to God. So yes, you and I, with our struggles, we share with our godly friends, but we must not forget to share with God. I mean, I think I can be capable of telling my community group, going to a fellow pastor, going to a prayer counselor, asking for counsel or help from my friends, asking for prayer requests, but we must not forget to go to the ultimate helper. In verse 36, Jesus says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And I think so many times in Christianity, we're told to not treat God like a soda machine, which is true. You know, when you make a request to God, don't just, don't just ask and then that be it. And don't just ask for him to change your circumstance, but simply ask for joy in the circumstance, which I get that. That's, there's a lot of truth in that. But I think there's what I'm seeing in this prayer. It's okay to ask God, the creator of the universe, to change the circumstance. In Philippians 4, Paul would say, make your requests known to God. But there's a right heart and a correct attitude when you and I make these requests, when we ask God to intervene. 
And I see in Daniel a powerful example of that. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were being forced to bow down to a false idol, they could not do it and they would not do it. And when King Nebuchadnezzar said, I am going to burn you alive. I'm going to throw you a fiery furnace if you disobey me. And one of the young men replied, said, look, our God, my God, the true God, he's able to deliver us from this furnace. He's able to do that. But even if not, even if he does not, we're still not bowing to you and we'll only bow down to the one true God. That's the attitude that you and I carry into our prayer requests to God, saying God can do it. But even if not, I know he's for me and I know he loves me. If my prayer doesn't get answered the way I want, I'm not bowing down to anyone or anything but my king. We must bring our desires and concerns to God while aligning our will with God's sovereign plan and trusting him in it. We say to God, God, this is what I want. But your way is better. And so often we have friends and family, people that ultimately they quit church and quit on God because he didn't answer their prayer. And I've heard some of these prayers. I know these people. And their prayers were sincere and their prayers were good and I wanted those prayers for them as well. But we must remember that this fallen world has been destroyed by sin. Satan's the ruler of the air. This world is not our home. Heaven's our home and one day with God and with Jesus Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. And until then... We pray and we trust in God that if he does not answer our prayer, that there must be something better in store in his sovereign plan that we cannot yet see and maybe never even will see. But I do know my father's good and he loves me and he will always be my God. Verse 37, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and he prayed the same thing. What I see here in this text, what I'm learning, man, I read the text and I was out with my sons in the neighborhood and God revealed this to me. We can't let the sins of man, we can't get, let the sins of people keep us from our perfect God. Another huge reason people leave the church is because of the people within the church. It's because we must remember and we can't forget that we're a collection of imperfect people all together in need of a perfect God. And sometimes we're capable of hurting each other. And if you stick around a church long enough, that's simply going to happen. And then Satan uses us that uses that against us to remove us from the body of Christ, which is exactly what the enemy wants. So are the disciples wrong here? Absolutely they are. Is it wrong if you and I don't get the help that we certainly need? That is wrong. That's not okay. But we must not let Satan use that to stop us from going to the Father who can help us. Man, they slept on Jesus when he needed them. But he didn't bail on the mission because of the disciples. He still went to his father. He still stayed on mission. Verse 40, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. So returning a third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, because here comes my betrayer. You see, with me and with you, it's not an answered prayer that I fear. I believe our fear ought to be an offered prayer. See, you and I, we miss it if we make moves, we make decisions without consulting God, but then we go after we've already made the decision and then ask him to bless it. 
now is the time for you and I to be disciplined in our prayer life. The disciples, they had this moment to pray with Christ and they missed it. So you and I, what must we do? This is prayer week at the beginning of the year to get us in a rhythm and a discipline and a habit of spending time with the Father who loves us so that we can be formed in his image, so that we can behold his glory and be transformed in the image of Christ. So when will you pray? We must pray while we can. Let this year be different from last year. Take on the identity of who you are and that we are prayer warriors. One of the ways Mike and I are leading our students in actually having this as part of a rhythm of life, a habit, a spiritual discipline, is we say, before screens we pray. Before screens we pray. Because in 2024, I speak for all of us, not just the youth. One thing we certainly do is at some point we're going to be in front of a screen one way or another. So if we can instill the rhythm of life, the habit, the spiritual discipline, saying, before this, I want communion with you, Father. I must hear your voice before anything or anyone else, and I don't want to miss it because my time with you is now. Because Jesus, he would say, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what can that do to us? What can that do to me? What can that do to you? The problem is that sometimes that can make our strongest desires quench our deepest desires. I'll say that again. When Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, that can cause a temptation within us to exchange our strongest desires for our deepest desires. When our deepest desire, our strongest ache is to be with the Father who loves us. That's what we needed the most. You see, Jesus, he was tempted to bail on the mission, but he stayed strong. The great trial and test was upon him. But the disciples, they'd be tested too. So what do we see in this text? I believe we see that the one who remains strong is the one who prays. The disciples had given to their flesh and slept, but Jesus, he was the overcomer. And now because of the Holy Spirit, we can be overcomers too. So as we gather, I'm gonna invite you guys to please stand at this time. Please rise to your feet. We have these prayer buckets up here. I want you to take some time to fill out your requests, to make your needs known knowing that there are people going to grab your prayer request and intercede for you. And you're going to take their prayer request and you're going to intercede for them. I think we have some for sure in the back as well. You can grab it from here. You can do it in the back. You can walk around the sanctuary as you pray. But just please don't come up on the stage because there's cords and other things you can trip on. But please feel free to come down on the steps on the altar. Feel free to walk around the commons or do laps however you need. Whatever is going to help you behold and encounter and be in the presence of God. I want you to start migrating and making your way back in here for a time of corporate prayer at 715. Let me pray us in. Everyone extend your hands out like this, please. God, we love you. And you want communion with us. It's a fact, Lord. Because Jesus, you already came and died for us so that we could come to the throne of God himself. So here we are. Speak, for your servants are listening. Amen.
this time. If you're in the commons or other parts of the sanctuary, you start migrating back into the sanctuary. We're going to turn to a time of corporate prayer. So everyone, please stand at this time. extend our hands out in front of ourselves. Let me just take a deep breath in. Let it out. God, we know you love us. You've proven it. You've shown us, God. And I pray that everyone in here, they'd experience it that it would not just be something in their minds or a piece of knowledge or a fact, but they would experience what it means to be loved by you, Father God. Because it's the love of you that compels us, God. But God, if we don't spend time with you in prayer, if we don't spend time with you in the word, these aren't just religious things we check off, God, but it's how we walk in fellowship with you, God. So I pray that this year in 2024, you would instill in us the strength and the resiliency to do, yes, the simple thing, but not the easy thing, God. It's so simple, but God, sometimes it's not so easy because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Holy Spirit, empower us and let us draw near to you, accepting the promise that if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us, Father God. We thank you that you're a God that is not hard to find. You love your children. You want to spend time with us. You want to bless us, Father God. So I pray that we would come to you and receive that blessing through prayer. God, if there's any areas of temptation that are disrupting intimacy with, intimacy with you, Lord. That we, like athletes and runners, would cast off every weight that entangles or hinders, hinders us. That we would throw it off and run this race with endurance, Father God. God, we together are all agreeing that we in faith have made a request known to you. And I pray in that, that tonight we'd walk out of here with a lighter soul, that anxiety would be lifted, and that prayer would be answered, God. Because you're, you're the God who answers prayer. You are the great I am. You are the provider. So we lean on who you are. We trust you, Lord. We thank you that we can come to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you're feeling bold and confident, uh, I'd like to invite you guys down to come to the altar down here. You might fill up the aisles a little bit as we worship together. It's kind of cold outside, right? So if we all can just migrate together down here as we worship the Lord. We do this in youth every Wednesday night, and it blesses us so much. So you guys come down. I think it's going to be a beautiful time of worship. If this pit fills up, that's all right. We can just fill up the aisles as well. Spirits are
I wasn't planning this, but really felt like during this song, we need a fresh touch from the Lord, don't we? And I know many of us, we just give, 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 and it's like, we just need the Lord just to pour into us. And what I experience in my life is that oftentimes I just go to the Lord and just, Lord, I empty myself. I empty myself of my selfish desires. I empty myself of those things that don't belong there in my thoughts and my actions, and I just empty myself. And then I turn it into, Lord, now fill me with your Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray that. And I just pray that right now, as we, as, we, as we get ready to pray, are you willing just to be emptied first? Emptied of all that stuff that doesn't belong. Because I really believe before the Lord fills us, we need to be empty. And then we will just... Have the Lord just fill us with his Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, right now, we just come to you thanking you, Lord God, that you love us, that you've called us by name, that we're your children. And Lord, we empty ourselves right now. We empty ourselves of the things that maybe there's good things, but they're not things that you want us to be prioritizing in our lives. Maybe the things that are sin that we need to repent of, Lord God, we get rid of those things, Lord God. We pray, Lord, for those thoughts, those defeating negative thoughts that have been placed there by the enemy, and we get rid of that junk. Lord, we get rid of all the selfishness and the pride. Lord, we get rid of our fears where we don't trust you. We get rid of it right now. And now, Lord, we just come humbly to you, saying, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us the power and the anointing of your spirit to be able to do all that you've called us to do. That we can be men and women and boys and girls who love you but are on mission for you. That we are empowered by your Holy Spirit. That we're not doing life in our own strength. But we're doing it with your strength. We have a sensitivity from your Holy Spirit. We have discernment. Lord, that we have your power to be those bold witnesses. Lord, that we have the gifts of the Spirit as, as needed to, for whatever you've placed us into, that where we need those gifts, Lord, that you have them there for us. So, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to be more like you. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for this prayer service. Thank you for our young people, Lord God, for, for our youth. Lord, we thank you for how we have youth here and youth leaders and pastors who are sold out for you. They're not playing games with you, Lord, but they are they're serious about their relationship with you. Lord, help them to change the world around them. We thank you for them being here. Lord, you're awesome, God. We just commit all this now to you, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, great having you all here. Hope to see you tomorrow night. Same time and place, okay?